Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we gather every month to talk about how we can expand our capacity as leaders. We want to thank you for joining in. We are so grateful that you're here today. And as you prepare for today's conversation, we want to encourage you to go to visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable where you can download the show notes to follow along. You're going to want to do that because we have a special treat today. We're going to tune into our Climb Leadership Conference, our annual conference, where this year we had Nona Jones. Now, she is a preacher. She's a business executive. She's an author. She's also an entrepreneur. She is an amazing woman of God, and this time she's going to be talking about clarity, how important clarity is when we talk about problems, when we're working with people, and how we can properly set expectations. So I want to encourage you right now to get ready, listen in, and take notes as Nona shares with us. What's at the root of what's blocking our impact? What's going on? to actually think about it. Because if you don't give yourself capacity to think, what you will do is you will make the grave error of mistaking motion for progress. You have people on your teams who are very good about talking about how busy they are. Oh, I can't do that. You see how busy we are? Oh, I can't do that, I'm just so busy. Yeah, see, the thing is you can be in motion but if your motion is not applied to the strategy of the vision, it's not going to result in progress. So what I want to give you, there are three questions that I want you to discipline yourself to ask yourself as you analyze any given problem scenario. The first question is this, what is the problem that we need to solve? That's a present state question. What is the problem? It's a present state question. The second question is, why does it exist? Why does it exist? You can show that visual if you don't mind. Why does the problem exist? That's a past state question. You need to spend a lot of time here. Spend a lot of time because I promise you, the obvious solution is usually wrong. You think, oh, well, this is not working because of this. No, it's probably because of something you haven't even considered. So why does the problem exist? And then thirdly, how does success look when the problem is solved? That's a future state orientation. As leaders, we have to operate in three states. We have to operate in the present, we also have the context of the past, and we have to always be oriented toward the future. Three states at all times. I have a policy with my team that they cannot bring a problem to me before it has been analyzed to this degree. Because they know I'm gonna ask some questions, so why is that? And why is that? Hmm, well tell me why is that? And why is that? Because after you ask why about four or five times, you'll start to get to the root. The first why is the person's opinion. The second why is the person's understanding of the situation. The third why requires broadening the context to zoom out and figure out what are some of the other variables and factors involved that have created this. The fourth why starts to get to the root. Discipline yourself to ask why at least four times. Now, after you've done what I call a situational diagnosis, you understand the present, you understand the context from the past, now you understand the future, then 
you are prepared to head into what I call the operationalizing state. That's when we're ready to actually take some action. And there are three questions that you need to ask when you get to that state. The first question is, what resources are needed to succeed? This is people, money, maybe even collaboration. What are the resources that we need to succeed? Secondly, oh, this is something we don't ask. If we do need to put someone in charge of solving this, what leadership competencies do they need to have? Listen, y'all, I know what it's like to work in a small church context where the so-called pickings are slim. And you're kind of like, man, I don't really have the right people on the team to solve these problems. First of all, if you don't have the right people on the team, pray. Y'all listen, do not make the mistake of just putting somebody in a role just because they're breathing. Pray. My husband and I have had people come to our church with like entrepreneurial skills and, and we, we were praying for counselors because we wanted to, to make our uh, marriage counseling program more robust. People came to our church with those degrees. Pray. Don't just put somebody in a role. What leadership competencies are needed? Do you need somebody who understands how to work across teams well? Does this problem involve more than one team? If that's the case, you need somebody who has interpersonal savvy. That means you do not hire somebody who's mean, okay? We don't hire mean people when it's a role that requires them to work with other people. The third question that we need to ask ourselves is what structural changes must happen in order to succeed? Does there need to be a reorganization or a realignment? At our church right now, we're undergoing a reorganization because when I looked at how we were structured, what I realized is the way that we were structured was just based on how we appointed roles, but it didn't make sense for the problems that we need to solve. So it very well may be right now, you know, you look at your worship team and you're really trying to make your worship team exciting, but when you look at it the musicians they report to finance because they're contractors maybe your production team maybe they report to the ministries and programs team because they're considered to be a program of the church your worship team reports to somebody else no maybe we need to bring them together under a single vision and single leadership so that there can be synergy you got to take a step back and these are insights that you will not get unless you give yourself the capacity to think so before you do don't before you do think, the second thing that I always do, the second way that I lead with clarity is I push beyond role clarity to responsibility clarity. What does this mean? You see, a person's role is what they do, but their responsibility is how they do it in relation to other people. There's a tool that I use that I want to expose you to if you've never heard it before. There's a tool that I use called a Darcy matrix. I use this tool in order to organize the people on my team so I can see every person's responsibility on any given project at any given time. There are five responsibilities within any given project, any given initiative, any given work stream. The first is decision maker. This is the person and or persons who have veto power. They are the people who if things aren't going the way that they need to go, they can say, stop, we're making a strategy pivot. 
You should only have no more than two decision makers. The decision maker should come from the person who's accountable, I'm gonna talk about that in a second, and the person they report to, that's it. I have seen some teams, whenever there's dysfunction, it's usually because there's a bunch of people thinking they're the decision maker. It needs to be crystal clear who is the decision maker because that person is accountable, meaning that their performance is entirely tethered to what happens with that given project, that given initiative, or that given team. Y'all, there should only be one accountable person. When I was getting into my role, I haven't even started at Uversion yet, y'all, but over the last couple of months, because it's at the sea level, I've already started to lean in with the team to try to understand what's happening. And the team has already told me about some of the team dynamics between cross-functional teams that's kind of dysfunctional. And I started with my Darcy matrix, and I invited my direct reports to just list out all the different responsibilities. And what I found is the dysfunction was a result of like five and six people's name in the accountable column. So they all thought they were accountable, which is why they were all fighting to have their way. There should be one accountable person the third responsibility, this is actually the responsible part of the matrix. This is the list of people whose work actually executes against the project, all right? So your responsible party, this is actually a group of people. This is the person who's accountable. This is whoever's on their team. This might be the other teams that they work with. Those are the responsible people. They contribute to it. Then you have your people who are consulted. These are the people that this team needs to reach out to to get information from. Make that really clear, y'all. I cannot tell you how many times I have had a leader come to me and tell me, well, I don't want to work with so-and-so because they keep trying to tell me what to do. Because so-and-so thought they were a decision maker when in fact they were just to be consulted. A consulted person simply provides input. That's it. They provide input, they help shape the, the strategy, but they don't make the decision and are not accountable. And then your eye is who should be informed, who should be kept in the loop, who should be CC'd on the emails, who should be optional for the meetings. These are not the people that have to attend, but they're optional. I wanted to show you what a Darcy matrix looks like. You can show them the next visual. I keep all of my Darcy matrices in a Google sheet. So all you do, is you literally list out all the different projects, all the different teams, and there should be names in each column. The way that I lead is I do not announce anything until this is clear. I do not announce anything until this is clear and until I am clear on what success looks like. So there is no confusion, there is no ambiguity. People can't come back later and say, oh, well, I thought I was actually just supposed to be consulted. No, honey, you were accountable. And you knew that from the very beginning. And that's why you're getting fired. Not because of some intuition, not because of what I just thought. It's because you knew that you were accountable and you knew what you were supposed to do. Clarity. Clarity. No one that I have ever had to terminate could say it was because they didn't know what they were supposed to do. It was because it wasn't the right seat for them. It was because they couldn't rise to the level of expectation, but it was not because they weren't clear. The third 
element of leading with clarity, and this is my last point, is you have to develop a rhythm of relationship for a cadence of accountability. Y'all, leadership is not a fly-by, drive-by, dip-in-when-I-can situation. And I'm just going to speak honestly. I know way too many senior pastors and leaders who don't know what's happening in their organization because they are not present. Remember, you can delegate responsibility. You can even delegate accountability to a degree. But you cannot delegate your presence. We have to have a rhythm of relationship in order to have a cadence of accountability. I wanted to show you, I just put together this, this chart to show you how I build the rhythm of relationship across my different teams and my different organizations, just so you understand. Y'all, this is something I have literally honed over 16 years of executive leadership. This is what works for me. This is what I have found works for me. Every week, every week, I have a one-on-one -on -one with my direct report, my direct reports, all of them, every single week. First of all, I only meet with them for 30 minutes. I don't do hour-long meetings. The thing you have to understand about meetings is that they fill the space that they're given. 30 minutes, we get a lot done. 30 minutes means before the meeting, I should have received the pre-reads. So the time that we're spending is deciding and aligning. It's not for updates. I know way too many pastors who meet in groups. You only meet with your team in groups. No, 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 no. Group meetings should never be for updates. That's a waste of your time and everybody else's time. Updates can be sent over email. Updates can be sent as a pre-read. Whenever you are gathering people together, it is for decision and alignment. That's it. I meet with my direct reports weekly. I actually meet with my direct reports together weekly. So we have our one-on-one -on -one time. And then I also gather them together, again, for decision and alignment. Because there's insights that come out of those one-on-ones that we need to discuss as a group. I meet with my boss weekly to keep him updated on my decisions and make sure that we're aligned and make sure that my team is serving the vision that he has for the broader organization. On a bi-weekly basis, I meet with my peers. So these are the other chief executives of the organization. I meet with my peers so that we can stay aligned. We can stay in sync. I can know what's on their mind. They can know what's on my mind. A lot of times, y'all, we can solve issues just getting together one-on-one. -on -one. But we have a cadence of accountability. I also meet with whatever leaders my team is working directly with. This is our key XFN, key cross-functional teams. I also meet with them bi-weekly, as well as any key clients that we are serving. I meet with them bi-weekly because I want to know how my team is showing up. If you are working with organizations in the community, you need to be meeting with that CEO regularly to figure out how your team is showing up. Because some of you want to do great things, but the way that your team is showing up means that they're not inviting you to the table and you don't know that because you're not meeting with them. Bi-weekly, on a monthly basis, I meet with every person on my team that reports to one of my direct reports because I, I like to have the direct information. I meet also with secondary clients, and on a quarterly basis, I have an off-site with all of my leaders so that we can collectively think. I do a survey 
to hear what's on the hearts of the people in my organization. And then I set aside a thinking day for myself. Y'all, I promise you, if you implement this framework, no matter what the enemy throws at you, you're going to be ready because you will be able to lead with clarity. God bless you. Now, now only leaders really know what just happened. You must know what to shout about. Somebody just gave you what cost $100,000 and gave you for whatever you paid today. You must know when a leader walk in the room, you need to take notes like you're, like you're losing your mind. She just gave, this executive just gave you exactly what she does. And some of you talking about, this ain't no shouting material. <laughs> oh, you must know what to shout about. For real. Now, I'm going to do two things. Will you help me honor this woman, really, for sharing with us? My God. My God. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Come on back. Come on back. You know, I was unglued. I said, Matt, take a picture. Hey, Matt, Jada, don't. Hey, Matt, right, right. Listen, listen. You can sit down because I got to ask her some questions now. You know, I got excited now. I've been like, golly, this is what I've been waiting for the whole time. Jesus, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing um, how you lead people. Thank you for giving us your cheat sheets. Of, uh, of how your rhythms for your meeting. Y'all, this is a face, this is a formal Facebook exit. I mean, sorry, I'm so sorry. Meta, meta, meta. It's called meta now, right? Meta, meta. Uh, uh, executive that has just given you how she leads people. And some of you didn't even take a note. I would rebuke you in the name of they Jesus. They were taking pictures. I saw them. They were taking oh, they pictures. Were taking pictures. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. All I'm right. Side. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. Um, uh, walk us through one of your daily meetings with your, with your direct report. Tell me. So, so, so yep. they're in front of you now. Tell me what happens for that 30 minutes. Sure. So, first of all, I use um, Google Docs mm -hmm. because I keep a running agenda with all of my direct reports. Um, at the very top of the agenda, we have a table which lists out their goals, uh, the key performance indicators. Um, it lists out comments, what the vision is, and we update real time that table so that week to week, I can see where they are. So I'm never surprised. I know exactly what's happening. Um, the agenda itself, <laughs> the agenda itself, we start with a check-in because I do think it's important. Don't just jump into the business. You know, hey, how are you doing? How's your family doing? How can I be praying for you? Um, I did that at Meta as well, leading with my faith because that's come who on. I am. Come on, um, come on, How can I be praying for on. you? And then we get into the business. So I need to hear the project, whatever the high-level project is. I need to know what the update is. Um, I always link out pre-reads, and I have them link out pre-reads at least 24 hours before. So what that means is if there's something you want me to read, I have it 24 hours before, and I read it. Got it. So when I go into the meeting, it's not for you to update me. It's not right. to talk through right. stuff. Right. Based on what I read, here's the decision that I'm making. So every meeting you got with your direct reports, mm -hmm. it's 
the result of it is, what's the decision that we're going to make now? Yeah, it's the next step. It's the next step. The, the, the meeting is not for updates. It's to make a decision to move us forward. And we're not having a conference. The only time I will bring in other people is if there is an issue that's cross-functional. Yeah. I will bring them into the meeting so that we can make the decision. And I, I'll give them five minutes of the 30. Right. Present, because we need to make a decision. Now I have the information. What do y'all think? Decision. We're moving on. They can leave the meeting. So every meeting you have has a, with that team, has a decision at the end of it, and we walk in a way going into a new frontier based on the decision that was made. 100%. As a matter of fact, um, one of the things that no, my no, team... No, no, you're running on too quick. You're going on too quick. You're going on too quick. Anybody else wanted to slow down, y'all? Jesus. First of all, every time I meet with you, we're going to make a decision. And if after I meet with you, you still want to tell me, well, what, um, what happened was, um, well, what I'm going to do next time. Um. No, as a matter of fact, Pastor, what we do is um, once a decision is made, that actually goes on to the upcoming agenda as an action item for us to follow back up on. And so literally in real time, we copy it, paste it into the next agenda so that there's always a running log of what's being actioned on. So I never okay. miss anything. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right, hold on. My whole staff nervous right now, all of them. The entire staff. So hold on, hold on. Let me breathe, let me breathe, let me breathe. So that's when you can pay somebody uh, uh, in, 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 in that live in Cali, you know, $200,000 or live in Atlanta, 115000 But um, when they, you've got to translate this to the church now because now we're dealing with volunteers and now we're not paying them 200 or $100. We're oh, no, 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 30, let me be clear. 35. Let me be clear. Um, what we do in ministry matters more because we are storing up heavenly rewards. And the reality is, you can almost subtract your paycheck from what's being stored up in heaven. If you are only doing what you're being paid to do, you're actually, you're actually in mediocrity, in reality. Because we are not in the business of social media or widgets or whatever. We are in the ministry of souls. And so I have an extremely high standard. Listen, Y'all can throw something at her. Throw it. I promise. Just throw something at her. I'll try and save her. But throw something. Jesus. Okay, 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 okay. Let me still, let me calm down. Let me calm down. So, so, but when, when the volunteers have bad habits and they come, and they come on our teams, and they bring the bad habits to our teams, and we trying to raise their level. Because you hear what you, yeah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm dying to finish this thing so I can tell you they should move on to another team. I think that's what she's gonna say. But so, but but literally, no, no, we got these people that come on and they're not they're not there yet, and we're trying to help them up. And so if we give them, okay, what's the result? I gave you this article. And then, then, they, then they don't come with their stuff read. And then they want time in the 30 minutes to read the article. 
And then after they read it, they ask you to, okay, I fully don't understand it. Why are you leaving me out here by myself? No, for real now. What do you, how, do you, how do you raise the standard of the team so that they come realizing that our work is not, it, it, it's not when you have time you can do this. It is lives are at stake. Talk to us about yeah, that. Yeah, so for me, your name doesn't even show up on the agenda if there is not preparation. So, like, you don't have a standing spot oh, where you can prepare or not. Like, your name only goes on the agenda if you've done the preparation. Like, you've sent out the pre-reads. Like, we're very clear about what time you're going to take and why and the decision that needs to be made. Again, it gets to clarity. And that, here's the thing. All you have to do is set the standard and live by it. What we do is we adjust and we shift and we, you know, well, I don't, you know, modulate. No, 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 no. You set the standard. Okay, concrete example. Church announcements. For the longest time at our church, um, we had people who just would walk up and say, oh, I got an announcement. And uh, I was like, we're not doing that because it disrupts the flow. It disrupts the order. We're not doing that. And so we had these people, even after we changed that, would kind of tiptoe, hey, uh, pastor, I have an announcement. I would lean over and I would say, I'm sorry, sister, here's the process. What you do is you submit it at opendoorchurch.com, and I will review it, and then I'll pass it along to the team. After you do that, a couple of times they realize you're serious. And next thing you know, they're either doing the process or they're not. Okay, hold on, hold on. But then they're going to say, she thinks she run everything. She, she, now, hold on. I'm going to give you exactly what they're going to say. She thinks this is the business world. This ain't the business world. This is God's house. And in God's house, he has grace. And in God's house, he has mercy. So, but she thinks she run everything. This ain't no Facebook. By the way, they're not saying this to you in your face. They're saying it in all other circles. All right, so then what do you do? Oh, first of all, I, I just got over that. Do you see how she always got a first oh, no, of all? No, no, no. This I is clear that. to her. She'll be like, you're got either with that. us or you're not. No. But this is the standard we're yeah. going to live at. And, and that, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing, y'all. Clarity is the most loving thing you can do. It is. Clarity is loving. Uh, chaos is what happens when we don't love people enough to set a standard. And it's not being mean. It's not being mean. It's this is the standard. And I love you enough to believe that you have the capacity to rise to this level. Jesus! Lord have mercy. All right, all right, all right. I may ask one more. They've been, they've been sending me texts. I see it. I just saw it. They have one more. They have one more. Um, so, no, no, when it's time that somebody is just not working out, Church people don't know how to do that. Pastors don't know how to do this well. I don't know how to do it well. So it's time. It is clear that they're not rising to the standard. It is clear that all that's not going well. But you don't want them to leave the church. Some of you, some of you be like, yes, I want them to leave the church too. <laughs> I, don't, I want them to know we love them. But it's just not the right fit because you don't want to address your issues and you're asking us to lower our standard. Yeah, 
So now, so now, how do I do so they don't leave the church? And they, and if it's me, and they still want to listen to me, because after we, we bless them to the choir, they don't want to listen to me. So tell me how we do that. So first thing is, you have to decouple your identity as a leader from who remains with you. Now hear what I'm about to say. The yeah, enemy. You, can't, you cannot move on. Don't move on. You must. The, the, John Maxwell wrote a book called the, the Power of the Pause. You can't say what you just said and then say, oh, yeah. And so also number two. Ain't no number two. Only number one. Stay right there and say it again. Can I get. Tell me thank you for telling her to stop. Good. All right. Now go, go, go. Say that one so again. So you, you have to decouple your identity as a leader from who remains. Because what will happen is if we, if we tether our sense of value to who stays with us when their season is over, we will end up staying in a season that God has called us out of. And so I had to get over the fear of people leaving me, and I had to place the full weight of my faith in the belief that God is going to bring who he needs for his vision. I am never going to fire somebody because I'm angry. I'm never going to fire someone because I have an attitude, but I will let them go because they're not, re they're not reaching the level of expectation that we have. And by the time we get to that point, they will know. I've actually had people come to me and say, you know what, this isn't the right seat for me because it was so clear. I didn't have to say anything. Okay, 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 okay. They, ju they, they just sent me another text. They sent me another text. They sent me another text. They sent me another text. It's in my hand. It's in my hand. They sent me. It's a new technology. You don't know about it yet. It's in my hand. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. But Nona, I'm afraid that if they leave, they're going to take their money with them. Tell me thank you. Tell me thank you. Thank you. I'm afraid that the leader will take their money with them. And we need their money to fulfill the budget so that we don't go out of, out of whack. And then number two, and then number two, no, no. Um, but then they're going to take their mama, Rilo, Pookie, and everybody else. And then they're going to talk bad about me. And then they're going to hate on me. And then they're going to put it on social media. Your social media, by the way. They're going to put it on yours. And then they're going to destroy the church we got. So. Why she always got an answer? <laughs> well, good, good, what's, good. what's hard is, see, here's the thing. I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. And so the reason why these questions are so easy for me is because while what people give may be a resource, it is not my source. Wow, what an amazing talk from Nona on clarity. It's going to revolutionize how we deal with everything, with people, with problems, and setting expectations. And what about that Darcy matrix she talked about? Now, if you want to go see the outline, go to our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable where you can see the things that she just finished talking about. Now, if this talk has been an encouragement to you, it would be such a help for us if you'd leave us a review or if you could share it with somebody else that this would be helpful for. We cannot wait to see you again 
next month at the Leadership Roundtable. God bless you.